All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Uh, good Thursday afternoon, everybody. Brent Wallace alongside Bobby Ryan as Jason York. Well, to be honest, he has a house showing. It's supposed to end right now, so he'll be a couple minutes late. Uh, Bobby, you know all about that. The house showing, yes. I had no idea that we were flying uh <laughs> Uh, two instead of three but that's okay uh, but i do know about that so i'm gonna give him a break yeah so he'll be here he'll be here shortly uh this show is always brought to you by botano go to botano.ca all right so we need three people for the show so i will not wait any longer and bring in nhl insider and host of dfo daily dailyfaceoff.com frank Valley. uh welcome to the show as we now have uh i guess philadelphia well represented in our show uh, we do Cherry Hills finest, uh, Bobby Ryan, <laughs> yeah. and now there's just one Jamie Drysdale signed. Shane Pinto, where are you at? Yeah, right. so, yeah. so you're not wasting any time, Frank. So let's get right to it then. <laughs> do we take? Uh, I think it's Drysdale at 2.3 mil, not a bad number. Uh, I don't think Pinto gets that high though. Well, it's actually really the term that's surprising to me for Jamie Drysdale. Um, He's in a spot where he needed two additional accrued seasons uh, to hit 10 games. And I think the Ducks actually kind of worked him over a little bit. Pat Verbeek has pushed back against that, but he felt like he was healthy to play in two additional games last season to get to 10, which would have cut that number to one, which would have meant you could have signed a two-year deal and then you would have been ARB eligible in the second year. 
but it, because he didn't, it kind of forced him into a three-year deal. And that's probably pretty disappointing for him. Just essentially what it does is ends up limiting your earning potential. So not to right. say 2.3 is, you know, shabby or anything like that, but this is a guy that two years ago we were saying before the injury is one of the bright young stars in the blue line in the NHL. And now he's locked up for three years at a really inexpensive number for the ducks. All right. So what do you know about Shane Pinto? Are we going to see him anytime soon? Is this going to drag on? We know that I believe, does he not have the same agent that William Nylander had who held, didn't sign until December 1st. He does. Uh, but he also has the same agent that last year when it came time for Rasmus Sandin to come to terms on a deal with the Leafs in a similar situation. They had some injuries on the back end and he called and got it done. So I don't know that the agent really has anything to do with it. I don't know that he's necessarily driving the bus. The fact of the matter is Shane Pinto scoring 21 goals last year is a guy that is due a significant raise. And yeah. mm. he's not signed because his agent is standing in the way. He's not signed because the uh, Ottawa Senators don't have the cap space. Right. And by the way, it was hilarious to see your face as you asked the question just absolute disgust talking about this for what probably feels like the 87th day in a row 87 seems short um yeah the like okay so this all ties into cap space i understand where we're at with shane pinto but now we're into uh do we hit the panic button on josh norris and do we free up some cash but only momentarily right people you can't just go and sign Shane Pinto uh, if you put Josh Norris on LTIR and then just sort of wait to see what happens with Josh. You're going to still have to make a move at that point, aren't you? You are, but I'm always a fan of using whatever avenue or resource you have in front of you to get something done, particularly since I'm more than mildly, I'm pretty significantly concerned about Josh Norris and his shoulder. Like this graphic says it all 74 of the last 127 games going back to college. Like this is a significant injury. And the fact that he had all of this time since last season to get this right. And it still isn't. I don't like, first off, there's a lot of things that can happen in a season. As you guys all know, so my thought process would be use the space that you have right now to get something done with Shane Pinto and provide your team that needs to get off to a good start, some solid support system down the middle. And whatever happens after that, whether it means everyone's healthy and the best case scenario, Josh Norris is healthy and he comes back and you have to rip the bandaid off and pay a significant price because you're backed into a corner to move off of Matthew Joseph or whoever it might be, then you deal with that then. But in the meantime, what if uh, pick random guy on the roster? What if so-and-so gets hurt <laughs> that you never need to be backed into that corner and you always have an out and the whole time Shane Pinto could have been signed. And yet you're sitting here kind of languishing without two really important centers. Yeah. Like it went from having Stutzla, uh, Norris, Pinto, and Kastelik to now Stutzla, Ridley Gregg, Rourke Charche, and Mark Kastelik. That's a vastly different team down the middle of the ice. And I think a vastly different team on how this plays. 
So looks like an AHL center lineup to me. Yes. And so this is the this is the lineup going tonight in Winnipeg. Uh now they're I mean Batherson's not playing and McEwen's not playing. Uh, but this is basically how the middle of the ice looks right now for the Ottawa to go into the season. Bobby, I want to ask you something as a player. Uh, TSN 1200 posted video of Josh Norris skating today in Winnipeg. Now, it was at the other end of the ice. He was skating with Batherson, healthy scratches. Uh, healthy, I guess, is not the right term for Josh Norris. But can you tell me what you see as he takes this shot? Are we? Do we read anything into <laughs> any of this? Based on the shot? No. I mean, there's <laughs> he's got... He's got full. This is all court. I got. Like, that is a, like, yeah. So we're going off a of very little bit. And he doesn't take one. He takes three or four and he comes back around. When I'm breaking down a shot from a guy that is obviously a shooter and that's a, he's a goal scorer, he's got full torque in that right now. I, and I've been a very major uh, proponent of the fact that I'm not reading much into it. I think they're just mm. being abundantly cautious because this is a player that's missed so much time. I could be wrong. I don't think they're they're going to rush a guy into a. Th this is essentially a three and four, whether he played in any or not. Right? They're not going to put a guy into a situation that has missed the amount of time that he has missed with an injury that could get tweaked against the team that doesn't matter at this point. I just think that they're they're saving him for the regular season. I think he's fine. I you can't watch a guy lean into a shot that much and really really have a problem with it. Um, you know, ask me again in three days and it might be a completely different situation. But I think that the, maybe he gets his feet wet against Montreal, the last game that, the, you know, the tune up game where you have yep. basically your full roster, maybe a guy or two missing. And then I'm going to go from there. But right now I'm not worried about it. I, I just think they're they're not exposing him to anything that's going to do him long term damage. And that's the smart play, right, is yeah. to be as conservative and cautious as possible. But for someone that is seemingly not as concerned as you are, are you going to be holding your breath in those first few regular season games? Like, I personally want to see him come through this preseason battle-tested. Yeah. You know yes. what you're you're able to take on. Doesn't matter who's hitting you, what angle, when or where. You're ready to go, and you're bulletproof. I, I just I, I, I think like there's an case. Yeah. No, I'd agree with you in a sense, but I think there's an argument for both sides. Um, the amount of guys that have gotten hurt in the past by a, a routine hit in preseason that doesn't actually occur during the regular season, whether it's a guy rubbing you out well after you move a, you know, move the pass, uh, whatever it might be. There's just different things. The game actually slows down the more... The, the game slows down the closer you get to preseason for guys like him. Um, you know, you don't have guys running out of their way to do things. You don't have guys like it becomes more systematic. It becomes more of an NHL caliber game. And I so think less that like the just... Mark Stone hits, right? Oh yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. We haven't even really got into that one, but uh, I just think the game slows down for guys like that. And I'm, I, I just don't think that they want to put them in a position to get that kind of hit for no reason whatsoever. But I, but, but that doesn't change the fact that, like you said, the first couple of games, I'm a little wary. I'm a little worried about them. I think my big thing is given that you got through the whole summer and you should be like ready to hit the ground running. And there was a tweak sort of right before training camp. That's like, I typically, I wouldn't be concerned or alarmed. And I'd say, you know, for once and for all, you finally got this thing fixed. Let's go. But that's what sort of has me feeling differently about it. 
Yeah, no, I can absolutely understand that. Um, just from, and, and this is, you know, I, I haven't texted the player. I wouldn't do that, but I would say that um, knowing him and knowing the result of him coming back a little earlier than he probably should have last time and taking what a couple shifts against Winnipeg the last time he got hurt there. I just, I'm just not exposing him until he, I, my guess is Josh is probably saying I'm, I'm effing fine. Let me play. And they're saying, no, just give it a couple more days because pretty soon we're going to be playing every single game that matters. And I don't think he should be playing in Winnipeg. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but it was Pierre Dorian. I think on day one of camp or going into the first exhibition game that said Josh Norris could play tonight if he had to, or play tomorrow if he had to something along those lines, right? There's been two setbacks in training camp. So Either they're using word salad and just making up words and like, oh, he tweaked this or it's not 100% or whatever. I just want to see him get some reps in. And I don't know, like it's the preseason. I understand people run around, but I still think that he needs to play some in order to find out how this shoulder is going to react. There just seems to be, I there just seems to be a way too much cautious play here that I need to see my number two center, especially without Shane Pinto in the lineup. Think about how good the Sens look, though, with a healthy Josh Norris, <laughs> with Shane Pinto. Yeah, kind of scary. Like it's it's yeah. a game changer, and it's a team yes. that I look at on paper and I go, not playoff team to playoff team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I I would absolutely like, and we're gonna we're gonna do this again on Monday, and I can't wait to do it when we talk about whether or not he played the last game because that's gonna change my attitude a little bit. I don't think he plays. Right. Yeah. What? I don't think he plays. Oh. at all in the preseason no there's only, only one game left montreal i don't see it yeah but if he doesn't play then do you see him in game one well then they come out and either have to say he's on ltir or not but i i don't know i don't i there's nothing about me right now that feels confident in josh norris's injury fair i i, I think we see him on saturday night against montreal okay. and then he's good to go all right I think no matter what he, what preseason game he plays in, whether he plays in game one or game 14, until we get through a huge chunk of this year and he's fine, yeah. that data that we just showed, 74 of 125 or whatever the number is, it's overwhelming. Like I, I, You're going to be holding your breath the whole time. Yes. Yes. Uh, Frank, we appreciate your time. We look forward to maybe we're going to chat this some more day 88, day 89. I uh, got to see Michael Anlauer yesterday too at the board of governors meeting. That was fun. Ah, yes. And did you have Good a chat? Things coming. Good things coming. Uh, he said he's, uh, already begun discussions on the arena and he would like to spruce up Canadian tire center with some improvements. Cause he said it's going to be a minimum of five years probably. And he would like to continue filling out the hockey ops department and give not just the team, but the players, everything that they need to be quote best in class. So good news. Perfect. I, I'm excited for him. I think he's just a fantastic individual. I, I, I just can't wait to see what all transpires with, uh, with how it's gone. And certainly it's gone well so far with the additions he's already made. Frank, I just can't wait to see Ottawa finally reach its potential of what it could be because yes. Yeah. The last uh yes. the last while here it definitely wasn't. 
and and hopefully no just the off season stuff and just the off ice stuff just ends right it just mm-hmm. quiets down that's what i'm looking forward to yeah uh all right frank yeah. uh take you. care my friend we appreciate you stopping good to by. see you guys have a good year thanks Thank you, you. Too. you too frank cervelli from daily face off uh fantastic gentlemen as we uh spent many a time together on the road uh jason york welcome to the show we also have uh ryan dezingle standing by we'll get to ryan in just a sec uh yorkie did you sell the house well good news uh they stayed the whole half an hour so that's usually a good hour showing (laughs) oh half an hour then they stood outside bobby and they back and they looked at the house and i was spying from down the road That's amazing. Uh, I had a guy here for an hour last week that bought a house right around the corner. So perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. I was just listening to uh, I was listening to tail end of your guys' conversation. I got a story for you guys because we're all we're all trying to figure it out. Everyone that's watching the pod today, everyone's talking about Josh Norris, hot button to- uh, topic here. I don't know about you, Bob, but I once I had shoulder surgery in April, uh, rehabbed it all summer feeling pretty good. I told you guys the story about when I came to camp and then I immediately had eye surgery. So I had shoulder surgery in April, eye surgery in September. I missed all of training camp. Like not just, not just, uh, exhibition. I didn't skate. So I basically didn't skate for a month coming off shoulder surgery and eye surgery. And then I came back and I played the first game of the regular season. I got in three prances, boom, ready to go. But wasn't very good for like three weeks so there's that's the caveat to that story there so it can't it can't be done like just because norris is is could possibly miss another game doesn't mean he's necessarily going to miss the first game of the season like it's not like he hasn't been skating he's not in shape um and and believe me if he's close to being ready they're going to want him playing yeah they, they especially with especially with pinto not being here mm-hmm. so uh, let's see i i heard bob there let's let's wait let's reconvene see what happens on the weekend here see where norris is at but um hey i told you my spidey sense was up when he showed up in camp at the uh with with the, with the non-contact jersey on i'm like I yeah got a, i got a bad feeling but we'll see like like i said like what do you think bob I, I just don't I don't panic until you don't see him in the last exhibition yeah, game exactly. for me. I don't. Well, I don't. Um, if you dress your primarily your last game is a tune up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that there is always I always give a grace period for the last game for three to four guys, whether that be two offense, two defense. And you're just trying to get a look for what works in six and seven on the 11, 12 and 13 on forward. If I don't see Josh in that lineup, then I start to question yeah. the actual health. But right now, I'm not worried. Um, you know, come again at me on Monday. That's all I have yeah. to say. Just well, let me I don't just, just yeah. Let's just get to Monday and then we'll go from there. I don't but appreciate Ottawa, the the fact you two are very calm about this. I want the sky but, falling. Okay. But yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Ottawa, <laughs> Ottawa, Ottawa does love a good panic button. Like I, I, I tweeted that out the other day. Everyone was this, talking about Norris, and like, the, the, you see all the panic button gifts, and it's it is comical. Yeah. I do. All right, we got to move on. Love, Let's I get dumb dumb in here. Yeah. Hold, is he is he ready? <laughs> yes. Hang. Uh, yes. Ryan Dezingle, stand by. But first, before we get to him, so he doesn't have to sit through these. Um, 
time for some sponsor reads, shall we? Uh, but this show, as we like to always say, proudly presented by Botano. Go to botano.ca, download the award-winning app, uh, do live bet building, uh, same game parlays. There is a thing if you bet on the team to win and they're up by three goals, you automatically win. Uh, you can check that out. And coming up in two days, Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern, join myself, uh, Nick Alberga from uh, the Nation or the Least Nation. Uh, live trivia, uh, true and false questions. Just you don't have to uh, deposit any money. You just have to sign up for an account, and then uh, part, you can participate. So um, join us 9 p.m. live for uh, trivia with Botano. Uh, it's in there, uh, botano.ca/casino. You'll find it uh, there. All right. Oh, sorry. And by BEI, Bonisher Excavating. Uh, they are into the uh, beautiful home building section, the Ren subdivision, uh, just an hour west of Ottawa. Uh, all kinds of floor plans for you to choose from. All kinds of upgrades, of course. Uh, Terry and Home Warranty, uh, beautiful location. And uh, they have uh, multiple uh, prices, starting as low as $500,000. Uh, BonisherHomes.com. Okay. Uh, without further ado, um, as I'm not using the name that Bobby just used, but I'd like to welcome in my friend, Ryan Dezingle, to the show. Holy cow. I can't believe I actually got on here. I was... I was... <laughs> I was, I was waiting on the sidelines like I'm, I normally am. But hey, I'm. Yeah. Wait a second. I hope I talk too much. Did Bobby not tell you? It's going to be like. Do you think this guy told me anything? Come on. Now. You well, know, he you also. Know who you're talking to. He, he should have said, "Turn a light on." It looks like you're in a witness protection program. <laughs> I literally hold on. Do I need to get up here right now? I'm in the living no, room muffled, of my house. We need here. the muffled voice. Get the muffled voice, distorted voice. Can't see That's his face right now. <laughs> Is uh, it that bad, guys? No, do I need to move a little go. bit? Oh, that well. better. There you go. Um, Is there too how much are sunlight you? behind me, or what? If you like to brag about being in Arizona, yeah, let me turn this for you. You guys are yelling at me already. There you go. How's that? <laughs> oh, hey, Is that good. There we go. Yeah, welcome there to the show. Go. Golf in the background. Uh, shocking. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? It was nice listening to you a little bit. You know, I was. I was sitting there for 30 minutes thinking, hey, I feel like I'm on the bench my first year. We'll watch Bobby doing his thing. So it was, it's, it's nothing nothing new to me. Uh, Bob, I'll let you take this. Oh, now Bob's muted his is Bob, mic. Is Bob, is Bob mute his mic? Or else you're a great start here. Sorry, guys. Yeah. He's back. Yeah. He's back. I apologize. Hey, Dezingle, 30 minutes to do your hair while you're on the sidelines. Like every game we've ever played, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hat on. All right, leave me alone. <laughs> and who spent more time on their hair? Who spent more time on their hair? You or Mike Hoffman? Well, Mike had an absolute gel mitt, but I uh, <laughs> I have a widow's peak, so I was always covering the widow's peak when I were out, where I taking hot laps and warm ups, and my hair's blown. I got a widow's peak, and they're always chirping me. I was just trying to cover the widow's peak, keeping that thing down. It had nothing to do with the hair. <laughs> uh it's so good hoff used to turn away from so they would send the camera in for a minute uh just before the warm-up or whatever uh start of the game to get shots and you get to shoot three people hoff if they knew they were coming in for him would turn his back and then go back into the uh washroom area and do his hair again and come back out that was always hoff yeah i wasn't too worried about the hair as much as, as the hairline you know i was trying to cover the widow's peak it's <laughs> It's always my thing. You know, I, I was always weird about my widow's peak. So it had nothing to do with the hair. All right. Leave me alone. 
that hairline started running back around 22, 23 years old. Hey, <laughs> hey, you're a hard six, buddy. You're lucky you're rich. All right. You're lucky. <laughs> hey, Wally, we've been over this. Zinger, you you're rich. I'm wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. You're still uh, ugly. You're still ugly. Yeah. All right. That, no, that's true. That's true. Hey, I'm always going to be shaped like a pear, and Ryan's going to be bald at 35. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey they got things for that hey i can i can get a little transplant i'm not too worried about it your your bad body and face are going to be there for life all right don't be coming at my hair that's why i got a podcast <laughs> <laughs> you should be on the radio you have a face for radio buddy oh back to get back to work all right what do you got wally <laughs> well i got i got lots of questions i can't um, take a beating anymore for those who don't by the way for those who don't know uh Ryan played seven seasons so far in the National Hockey League, mm -hmm. 404 games, uh, five teams, twice with Ottawa. Um, his 59 goals from 2016-17 uh, to the 2018-19 uh, season, second most on the Ottawa Senators, just behind one Matt Duchesne who scored 70. Um, and a seventh-round pick who's done very well for himself. So uh, just thought we'd a little highlight, or sorry, a little uh, info on who Ryan Zingle is. But Definitely, I would think, I tried to find a bunch of these pictures, but uh, you smile probably more than most on the ice, I will say. You seem to always enjoy being on the ice. Uh, I think maybe maybe back in the Ottawa days, I enjoyed it on the ice, but <laughs> lately it hasn't been too much fun. I mean, seeing this guy in warm-ups, that's, that's all time. So, I mean, you can't, I'm obviously going to be smiling a lot looking at this idiot down on the other end, but uh, yeah, I used to, used to enjoy the game a lot more than I have recently, but yeah, I try to uh, try to enjoy it as much as I can. Okay. So what's in that conversation right there? Yeah. I will call you after. I don't know if that's going to be a lot on the podcast. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Something good. He probably, he, this is probably how it went down. He walked up. He's like, said something stupid, chuckled at his own joke. And then he's probably talking about how tight he is. You know, oh, it's going to be a tough one tonight. And then he's probably, <laughs> probably cutting some deals. He's, he's looking oh. at who else, who else do I need to cut around here. He's, he's looking at who's on Columbus right now that, that might run him from behind. And he's going to probably tell me to go talk to him. And, and then he's going <laughs> to crack another joke. And no, I'm just kidding. I was probably just talking about talking about life and whatever else. But yeah, going in warmups and being able to see your buddies is, is definitely a cool thing. So. Uh, getting a stretch next to him, and I never saw that picture, so that's a pretty good picture. I might have to frame that one. I can see you cutting if you cutting a few deals. That's just smart business, right? That's good business. He's the king. He's the king of the cutting. This guy's the king of the cut. I am. I am. I had no problem throwing a couple hundies over the other side of the ring. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. I, so, came into I came into the league with Jack Johnson, and that was our deal for. 13 years of playing against each other. You don't run me. I don't run you. At the end of the night, we high five. <laughs> Fair enough. And nobody's hurt. So that's an, uh, that's an interesting picture right there. That's after I got hit with a Carlson slap shot right in the head. And that guy never even said, never said, sorry. I got that earpiece in right now. Yeah. I was going to look at the uh, earpiece there. Yeah. That's why I got hit by a slap shot by Carl. And this guy never, uh, never apologized. So I'm still looking for one 48 stitches in my ear. <laughs> Doc, oh. Dr. Chow dialed it in and this guy, no apology. So I actually feel like that's, that's, that's a picture of me and you talking about where we're going after the game and Terry's trying <laughs> to get in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's like, you're invited. 
<laughs> I'm surprised you're allowed to have a picture with you and Terry. I don't even know if. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I didn't read, my, I didn't read yeah. my contract well enough. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of bad blood. Blood there, eh, Zinger? There's some. Oh, I, and Bob and Terry. My old, my old line mates, man. I had to listen to both of them. I'd be on the bench, and Bob would be like, "You go talk to Terry," and then I got Terry in my ear. He talked to Bob. He talked to Bob. He fi- tell him to figure it out. I'm sitting there. I'm just trying to stick handle. Just leave me alone, <laughs> all right? Actually, before you go further. Yeah. Was that better than having me and Scott Gomez in your ear? <laughs> or you and Dutchie? I mean, you and Terry was probably the easiest the group. You and Dutchie or you and Gomez or whoever else. I think, no, you're always easy. You're just telling me to give you the puck and get the heck out of the way. So I did, I was, yeah, I could, I, yeah. Yeah, just put it in the corner and I'll go get it. But uh, I think when Zinger was coming into the league, obviously Gomer signed with us for a little bit at the end of the year there. And like, me for one grew up on Gomer, you know, not quite. There's an age difference between me and Scotty. And then there's a major age difference between Dezingle and Scotty. And he's like, I grew up idolizing this guy and he's fucking terrible. And then Gomer would be like, don't give the puck to Zingle. And I'm like in the middle, I'm in the middle of the two of them. And yeah, that was, that was always fun. No, you, Zinger. I can't believe we just put that out there. Like, Zinger, <laughs> Zinger, he was a good player. He's Meyer. Gomez was pretty good back in the day. No, okay. No, I knew. Bad. No, I knew he was a player. Okay, I watched this guy. He's an absolute player. Not going to discredit. I didn't have a career he had, but when he came, when he came to us, he was. He, oh, I watched. kind of with a fishing pole for a little bit. So yeah, Bobby. <laughs> Bob there just was maybe one comment, one comment. Just throw it, throwing you right under the bus, eh? Right under the bus. Come on. Oh, the I got stories. I got stories. Don't worry. They're, they're comments. It's I got to throw this guy under the bus the whole time. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been excited for a guest before, but I've been, I've been waiting on my guy here. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Just so we're clear, Scott Gomez, everybody knows, was not very good when he came to Ottawa. So no, he was I don't believe you're speaking out of turn. No, it's all yeah, good. I didn't. Uh, yeah, nothing. He against was horrendous. Him. His career, his career was a lot better than mine. But when he was with us, I was actually playing halfway decent, so he wasn't yeah. doing so hot. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't even know where to go from there. Oh, okay. Before you guys get into stories, I want to ask a couple of questions. But one, you—I don't know if you know this—scored the last playoff goal in Ottawa Senators franchise history. Wow. So. The and I'm and I know you know oh, which one it, it is, but it's it's game seven tied at two or sorry, you tied at two. Um, can you take me back to that moment? I haven't watched that in a while. That 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 gives me goosebumps. That was awesome. I think, uh, yeah, look at that. Look at the young stallion. Wow, do I look young? <laughs> but yeah, I think I played four minutes that night. Um, no eight. joke, I think it, eight minutes. Oh, hey, you, I couldn't understand, which is what I wanted to ask about. I think Chris Kelly played less than you. I think um, I think I had eight because I played two shifts in overtime too. So I'm not mistaken. I think I had like uh, six minutes. I had a broken hand in that game, um, oh. actually. But um, I think it didn't happen until the third period. So that's not an excuse why Boucher sat me on the pine. So I think I was getting sad either way. But uh, I had a broken wrist when I scored that goal. And then I played uh, – in overtime and Boucher, I took, you know, toward all, whatever else I could to try to figure it out. And he's like, can you play? And I'm like, man, I can't even grab my top, my, my top hand. He's like, can you go skate around? That's how tired the guys were. He's like, can you just go skate around a circle and just figure it out? I'm like, yeah, I can go play defense. So I skated around basically 
with my bottom hand, my left hand on the stick. And I think I played two shifts um, because guys were so tired um, and I was just trying to figure it out. So yeah, I had a broken hand that game and yeah, that goal was, you know, obviously incredible. And uh, one of the best moments in my hockey career, just that feeling and looking back on that, it's uh, definitely special, but yeah, broken wrist and eight minutes was uh, something. How did you get hurt? Uh, I was going to the neutral zone and I got clipped funny. I don't know if it was by a stick or by a body and I just broke my handmade bone right in my wrist. It was floating in my palm and I, I was looking at my hand and I'm like, I, I, I can't like feel my hand. I didn't know what it was. Obviously at the time you're in playoffs, I was thinking I had a bruised rib, bruised knee. Like I was all banged up. So I was like, whatever, like figure it out. And I couldn't, I couldn't even hold anything at all. So I was like, man, I got to shoot me up with whatever you got. So then it started to feel better, you know, whatever double overtime or whatever it was when we finally got scored on. But yeah, I was, I was hurting pretty bad. <laughs> was it? Uh, so <laughs> I don't know where Bobby's going. Where, Bob's gone. when did, what game was that though, that you got hurt? Was it game seven? Yeah. Game seven. I broke it at game, oh, okay. in game seven, I think second or third period. So yeah, there's no excuse wow. for why I was, uh, no excuse for why I was sitting the pine for that much, but I got scratched two games before that too. So I yes. think it was just, it was just a weird, yeah. Like that was a weird scenario too. It's always tough coming on podcasts. You don't want to, you know, say too many things or, or burn bridges or what, but yeah, that was a definitely a weird, a full weird playoff for me. I thought I was playing really well. And uh, I got to the, I got to the rink. I think it was a 12 o'clock game in Pittsburgh uh, that the scratches usually come out the night before, you know, especially in the playoffs, right? Like the it gets yeah. sent in the email and, um, I, I wasn't on the list, so I wasn't scratched at all the whole time. I obviously thought I was playing, and uh, I go to the rink, get warmed up. I'm the first guy there as a rookie. That was kind of the rules. Uh, and the, you know, uh, whoever goes and puts the lineup on the board, and my name's not on it. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like looking at the board, looking at. I think Chris Neal's the only guy there with me, and I'm looking <laughs> at him. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and. And we're like, oh, I guess I'm not playing. I'm like, what the heck do I do? I'm not even warming up, I'm not even warming up. So I'm like, I'm in my, I'm in my gitch and I'm like looking around and I'm like half in tears. And at this point, cause I figured out like, I'm not playing. And I'm like, I, Neil dog is like, dude, uh, just put your, you know, put your clothes on and, and just head back to the hotel, I guess. And I'm like, I'm like three hours before game time, just finding out. I go to put my, I go to put my suit on and I got so mad. Like I got so frustrated that I was literally looking for Boucher in the hallway. Like I was, I was, I was walking back and forth. I was going to, I swear to God, this is like, I haven't told anybody this like in forever. I don't think it just sparked my brain after you showed me that video and I'm walking through the hallway. I'm like looking for Boucher. Like I'm going to knock him out. Like I'm legit going <laughs> to swing. I'm literally going to swing at him. And I remember Darren Pang was walking by. I don't know why Panger was there. And he's like, Zinger, you good? Like I'm in full suits pacing. Like he probably looked like, he's like, this guy's nuts. He's probably think I'm getting ready for the game or something like three hours before. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to knock this guy out. Like I just got scratched without any warning. And I showed up like a buffoon, you know, I'm sitting here like a buffoon before game time. He's like, he's like, go home. He's like, let's go. So he walked me out of the building and uh, yeah, my dad was there. My uncle was there. Like that, that was, yeah, that's something I never even like, can't even remember bringing up to anybody, but that just sparked my memory. Like right there. Yeah. So I think I was scratched a couple of those games in that series never was told why or, or anything. So I was having a pretty solid season. I thought I was, you know, contributing in playoffs and stuff. And yeah, I was pacing for Boucher. I was looking for one. Right. <laughs> so safe yeah, to say, sorry, safe to say you're not a, you're not a Boucher guy like Bob. No, I was a Boucher guy, which was yeah. really weird. I still am a Boucher guy. Like 
if he, I don't know if he's ever going to hear that, you know, or what, you know, I don't really, I don't really mean to bring that up, but he doesn't yeah, miss an episode. Those... Oh yeah. Great. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I hope you're lying, but yeah, I, uh, I, you know, that's be good. You know, dialogue as you get older, I'd love to know why, you know, maybe he didn't even mean to, you know, I, you know, I, I'm starting to figure out in the NHL, there's, there's some bad people and there's some really good people. And sometimes things get, you know, lost in translation where yep. you think, wow, that was, you know, well, that was messed up, but he might've not even known. And he had a lot to worry about. Right. So like, as I look at it, his view, he's got a team, he's got a you know, championship to win. He's trying to dial everything in and he might not even have meant to do that. Like my name might've been on the sheet and somebody messed it up, you know? Uh, now Zinger, just for a sec here. <laughs> if you're the coach and you've got 20 guys and 18 skaters, so now you're already down. You're, I'm thinking you know which ones you want in the lineup. I think at no, some point I, you're looking down the bench going, I don't see Ryan Zingle anywhere. I'm saying what I was trying to say is maybe he was going to scratch me, but they meant to put it last night, right? Yeah, and say it on – so, like, that's what I meant. I Not obvi okay. Obviously, he – I'm saying maybe he wasn't trying to be an absolute jackass and let let, let me show up to the arena. Not, oh, like like longest yard, you know, he's looking at me and they, oh, better luck next year, whatever movie that was. That's pretty much what I felt like. Like the zing, oh, that's Happy Gilmore. He's like, the zing, oh, the zing, oh, I didn't call your name. Better luck next year. I was literally looking at the sheet like, I was like, oh, like, where am I? Am I playing, I'm playing right wing today? Like, that's what it felt like, man. So I'm saying, now that you, you know, now that I'm putting this out in the world, I'm saying maybe, you know, maybe there was some stuff that uh, he didn't mean to, but man, that was a tough situation for me. And then we lost by two touchdowns, I think. So, yeah. So you're happy. No, just no, I wasn't happy. No, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, but we missed it. We, we it lost hurt. that game by a point after oh. attempt. And then, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting uh, in the parking. I'm sitting in the parking lot and, and literally I was steaming still. I was that mad. Like, I, I was like, couldn't even get into the, couldn't even go back to the building. I was so frustrated. But yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I would actually spend a whole hour on just this one game. But anyway, um, I'm going to ask quickly about the contract because I've never asked you this question. Did you turn down a five year, $25 million deal to go to UFA? No, I turned down a good offer. Uh, I think everybody on Twitter world always would always talk about that. I think it was. I don't know the exact number, but I think it was around 20 million. Uh, so that was a very good deal. It's a very good deal. My wife at the time, the reason why we turned it down, but nobody likes to talk about it, is uh, my wife at the time was told that she had MS. And uh, so we were going through some health issues during that season. She was in Arizona and she was uh, working on a TV show. I think it was for PXG at the time. And um, her eyes went black and she passed out. And we did all these tests. They did all these uh, MRIs and she had lesions, lesions on her brain. And I remember trying to play that game that night. I was crying in my stall and Bobby and Brass were hugging me. And, and I was just trying to figure out what to do. And then I left for two months or not two months, two weeks, actually. Uh, didn't play. I think I missed a couple games actually on the road. Um, so yeah, they told her that she had MS and when she was in the winter in Ottawa, it was like that bad. Like she would just get sick all the time. She wasn't leaving the house. Like, uh, so, you know, the young, naive kid that I was, I thought, Hey, you know, if I'm getting 20 million here, I could get, you know, 15 somewhere else. And that's decent weather closer to her house, you know? So that's why we ended up, we looked at, you know, three or four teams and, um, uh, I basically got the same offer, but less years. So I took two years instead of five and, uh, thought, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. And we're in Carolina where 
it's warm for her and close to Jacksonville where she's from. So we can go to, you know, Mayo Clinic back and forth in Jacksonville. So it was a family decision. And and not to, not going to lie, I looked back and said, man, what if what if I would have stayed there? What if I would have got opportunity? Because um, like I left and didn't get the opportunity I wanted in places. And then, you know, mm. that's, you know, that's how she goes. So I don't look mm. at it as the money as much as the opportunity. Like if I would have stayed there, you know, well, what would I still have been? You know, I, I can score with any, with the best of them, but it's hard to score from third line, 12 minutes, no power play. So, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, so I, it was a very good offer. It was a very good offer. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like five by four, I think okay. four by four or five by four. Yeah. We, my agent was like, yeah, which is obviously an amazing deal. And it was just a family, family uh, decision. And uh, yeah, I was blessed and it was a blessing and I was grateful for Ottawa. It was my, you know, I, I loved it. I mean, they're the only team that took a chance on me and uh, yeah. And so uh, I got a couple, you know, when I, when my career is over and I come back and uh, yeah, there's some people I like to call and, and ask some questions about. And, nice. um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was a great offer. And if it wasn't for my wife getting sick, we, I would have stayed there for sure. Ah, okay. So I, I, I'm glad we had that chat. So yeah, you get traded to Columbus. Um, that particular time was like the dark ages, I feel like, for the organization. That's right. Like Matthew Shane's waiting to get traded. Yeah. You are. Mm. Uh, Zach's, I believe that's still the Zach Smith time as well. Uh, Stoney. Mark Stone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being in that Chicago game in the dressing room after. I'm pretty sure it's Chicago after everybody was scratched. And it was just an ugly vibe. Um, can you take me through what it was like for you to go through that time waiting to be traded? Yeah, that was that was obviously rough for me. This is all I've known was Ottawa, and uh, it, I've never been through that. And whoever says you know this is easier, or people on the outside that don't know hockey, it's tough. Like you getting traded, going to a new team, especially during the uh, the run. Like if you're not if you're not the mm-hmm. top dog, if you're not like a Duchesne or a Bobby, where you're a one A one you know, one B type of player with like the best. And I'm a compliment player. Like I obviously had 25 goals back to back. Like I, I can play the game, but I wasn't a driver of the player, a top, top guy. So when I got traded, it's harder to fit in, right? For guys like me, um, if you're kind of a tweener guy where you're a goal scorer, but you're not the top, top guy, they have their guys, right? Every team that's going to a playoff run is a very solid team. And they have their guys, they're built in and, and you got to try to like work your way in and figure it out. And, that's what I tried to do. And, um, you know, me and Dutchie didn't have the greatest stats the last 20 games. You know, I think I scored like 22 and 50 with Ottawa that year, like something crazy. Like I, and then I got there and I think I, me and Dutchie both only had four goals and like, I think it was four and 20, which is not bad, but it's not good obviously for guys like us. But uh, it was just a weird situation for me for the first time is trying to navigate uh, personalities and, and just stuff like that, you know, just trying to figure out what, what to do. So yeah, that was definitely tough, but it was awesome because I went to Ohio state and, uh, they're yeah. obviously right there. So it worked out nicely. Z- Zinger just, ba- you mentioned, how's your wife doing now? Like how, how did all that work out with the MS and everything? Yeah. So she, uh, we've been to so many doctors and basically they kind of went, uh, in front of what it was like, they couldn't claim that just yet. So they kind of, overdiagnosed her right away like she might have an autoimmune disorder because of the lesions because of the eye because of the nerve stuff but with those kind of diseases you kind of just have to wait its course and it's like a checklist so they kind of like threw that at her and and threw that on us without like yeah so there's like i'm not going to discredit doctors they're obviously amazing but they're checklist of things and so she her lesions haven't grown 
uh, in her brain. We go MRIs every two years and we try to dial everything in for her. So she's feeling like pretty good. She obviously has some eye stuff and some weakness, but overall she's been doing really well and nothing's kind of got any worse. So that's scary. You get that kind of news and you're, you're in a different city. She's by herself. Like you could, Kind of makes sense now. You make that decision, right? Like you're 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 thinking more about lifestyle than money. Like it makes a lot yeah. of sense. Well, I also figured like I was a naive kid. Like I was thinking like, okay, five year, I get a four year. I'm, I'm I had twenty two yeah. and fifth, twenty two and fifty, yeah, and exactly. it just did. <laughs> like what? Do you, what? How do you think? Like you know what I mean? Like how do you how do you yeah, not yeah. think that I'm going to get more than seven million? You know what I mean? Like I, how oh, was I man. supposed to know? And so yeah. like I looking back, obviously it's easy to say like take the twenty million instead of seven, but uh like look at i don't want to throw guys names out but look at guys get bought out like you know what i mean yeah. like i could have yeah. i could have yeah. some guys in ottawa got bought out and had very good contracts and obviously you make some more money but you never know how that's going to work could have bought out could have got bought out the first year so i was thinking hey i bank on myself like i always have and yeah. i end up signing two for seven you think i would you know fall out and do it again you know and then obviously didn't work out as well as I planned, but, uh, all, everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm, I'm a believer in God and stuff. And so you can't really look back. Obviously now it's like, man, if I'm ending my career and I'm going to be 32, 33, I wish I would have 10 more million, but it's, it's easier yeah. said than it's easier said than done. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you're 31. Like what's, are you, you're not officially retired, right? Uh, so I'm trying to figure that out. Like, like we just said, I've done everything for my family and do things for the right reason. So I don't know if I really want to go to Russia, uh, or Switzerland at this point. Um, uh, and, uh, just cause I have a newborn son, he's five months old yeah. now. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't really want to leave him and head out there and, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, there he is. So we're trying to, uh, trying to navigate through that kind of stuff. You know, like, like we said before, it's, it's easy to make a decision when you, or look back at the decision, but when you're in the midst of it, it gets oh, tough. Awesome. So I'm trying to figure out, uh, figure out what the right thing to do is, whether go out and play Russia and, and see if I can get my career back on track or go do something else, you know? So Zinger, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one thing cause I'm 53 now and I was a little older than you and I got an offer to go to Russia. And at the time I was like, Nope, I'm staying with my family. This is important. But I say now, man, I'd like that money. <laughs> <laughs> and I left on the table. <laughs> I know, I know. See, I obviously, obviously, I don't have the uh, experiences of you, life experiences stuff, and it might be naive to say, but I think I'm going to kill it in whatever I do next. You know, that's where I've kind of always been. Oh, like, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I no, I know. I'm not. I'm. I like you said. It's. It would be nice for sure. It's a big. It's. It's big money offer to go out there, and uh, I could be wrong again in ten years, but. Uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't been wrong yet with, with, uh, with the family decisions and, and stuff like that. You know, I haven't looked back on things and saying, you know, I wish I did something else. So if I keep That's doing good. it for the right reasons, I'll be fine. So, but yeah, Absolutely. money's good too. Ask Bob. Money's not yeah. bad either. Look at him over there. He's still getting paid singer. <laughs> <laughs> I tell him, send one of those, send one of those checks my way. I can retire and just send me one. Like, all the stuff I've done for this guy, and he's not going to send me one check. You know, my friendship fees. Friendship fees. Friendship fees. Uh, guy guy lived in my basement, gave me a, not a dime. Um, <laughs> I was broke. Leave me alone. You had those three <laughs> Guy lived in my basement. But uh, anyway, I I didn't want to touch on anything. And like, I, it was always Ryan's story to tell why he didn't sign that deal. 
Um, so I would never would have said a word, but I was like, you know, people, I think people gave him a hard time on social media and things. And they're like, why wouldn't he take the security? And I'm like, this is the exact example of why we say there are bigger things at play and guys make decisions mm -hmm. that are way more based than just salary. And that's, you know, that's forefront. Um, and nobody likes to give this guy a harder time. We go back and forth on text messages right now five days a week because he's a fantasy <laughs> loser um but but I, honestly i was sitting on the couch with Lindsay, my girlfriend and she's like ryan keeps texting me and i'm like like does ingle my my teammate <laughs> she's like yeah you're trying to grease the trade out because this guy's sitting on the waiver wire so i don't care what you do i don't care if you go to russia i don't care i don't care if you do something else stop texting my girlfriend <laughs> hey. uh, here we go all day long this guy but I just, yeah, I just, I just always think it's important to put things in perspective. Like guys, guys don't sign for a myriad of reasons. Right. And, and yeah. Zinger had obviously way different reasons for not taking the security, but he gambled on himself at the same time and he made the right decision for him and his wife. And, um, you know, we just got to see pictures of them. He obviously pulled her out of a burning car somewhere along the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no reason she should be talking to him. Here we go. She's more famous than you. She's got yeah. 300,000 Instagram followers. What? She's she's more famous than Bobby. What do you mean? Like it's, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But like but it's funny when when people talk about salaries and stuff and and they don't look at the big picture too. Like if you look at obviously they didn't have the right information, but let's say it was 4 4 million or 4.1, 4.2. If you get 3.5 in Carolina, you're making the same thing as right. you yeah. are in Ottawa with taxes or so like so I was equivalent. The salary was going to be the same for those two years. I just didn't get those extra three years. Right. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, I'm a player. Like I believe in myself. Anybody would. And if you're scoring back to back 25 goal season, even if I score 15, I'm going to be making three. You know what I mean? So it's like, yep. it's like, I was like, okay, I might lose a little bit, but I didn't know it was going to be that drastic of a drop off. Then the next year I signed one, one and one, one. So yeah, like obviously you want to bank on yourself and and i thought i would be a player but obviously uh with the things the way they worked out it's tough it's not like golf you know i want my son to play golf you tee that ball up you have no excuse you can't say coach screwed me i played nine minutes i played with bobby ryan half in the bag or i played with <laughs> i'd rather play with bobby half in the bag than half the guys i played with the last two years you know what i mean that's just how it is like like it's so it, it's too many excuses and it allows you to go to your head and stuff so uh, it is what it is. I didn't play as good as I should have, but also it's tough when you're playing no power play 12, 10 minutes and you're considered a goal scorer with nobody to get you the puck like Bobby. So it's a little different. Uh, I want to ask, so you've played, here are the coaches you've played for. Mm. Uh, and it includes Luke Richardson. Cause I think, uh, I'm going to ask you what your favorite is. I want to know your thoughts on Luke Richardson. You just now said it. Yeah, who now has Connor Bedard under his tutelage. So it goes Luke Richardson, Dave Cameron, Guy Boucher, John Tortorella, Rod Brindamore, DJ Smith for 29 games. You also had Andre Turney and Bob Bugner. Um, we've already touched on Guy. I'm curious about John Tortorella for you. Okay, to clear up Guy, Guy was one of my favorite coaches besides that incident, so I don't want to go sit here and, and bash Guy. He was great for me. Unbelievable guy. Gave me a chance. So that... That one story was just uh, that came to mind. So Guy was Fair actually enough. very, very good to me. And then uh, Tortorella, Tortorella was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a weird uh, relationship with Torts, but at the same time, I respected him. I think 
Uh, I played 20 or 18 games and he scratched me uh, out of nowhere. Uh, and I was in, I was in, I think we were in Boston maybe. And uh, I'm sitting in the locker room. I'm like, what? I got 26 goals. Like I'm playing first line or something. And he like came in and then yelled at me and told me I was getting scratched. And I was like, what the heck? I was looking around and I was good friends with uh, Dubinsky at the time. And he's like, you got to go yell at him. I'm like, huh? He's like, you got to go yell at this. You got to go get it. You got to go give it to him. He, I'm like, what? He's like, he wants you to go give it to him. And uh, I remember going in the hallway and yelling back and forth at, at, at him and kind of getting into it. And, uh, and he, he loved it. Like he, he just wanted to get you. He just wants to get you going. Right. He's, he, he's so misunderstood at times that he just wants to find a way to get you to your best. So I think he's very calculated and, and tries to do things that other people don't see. And, Obviously, he does some crazy stuff that may may not look great, and I wouldn't do myself. But I think he's trying to get the best out of every player, and he knows how to push your buttons and knows how to and how to find them. And um, yeah, I you know I respect him very much. And uh, Kenny McCudden is a really good friend of mine who's very close with him, and um, you know I respect Torts a lot. I mean, he does some crazy stuff, and he's a crazy dude, but I respect him, and and I like playing for him. Did he still scratch you? I can't remember. See, I, 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 so many things come like blend together now with my career and stuff. It's like, I don't want to say something that I don't know for sure. I'm pretty sure he's like, ah, I'll get you in next game. Like, I'm pretty sure he was, I'm pretty sure I still got scratched and he was just like, ah, you know, we'll get you in next game. I love the fire or something, you know, but uh, yeah, he had, he had my back a couple times too. Cause after that season um, it, there was like a, a rumor or something that I was missing meetings and didn't want to come to back to Columbus. And it kind of got out to like other GMs or, or something. And I called Torts and I'm like, Torts, did you tell everyone I was missing meetings? Like, like, he's like, no. He's like, what? He's like, I would never do that. He's like, he's like, tell, he's like, who did it? He's like, he's like accusing all these other people. He's getting all mad. He's getting all fired up. He's like, I'll take care of this. He made some calls and he was, he's an honest dude. And yeah, yeah. I like that. I like, I like guys that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
instead of sugarcoating, oh, you're, why am I in the fourth line? Oh, you're playing well. And you, just, you just keep working hard. It's like, no, I'm on the fourth line playing eight minutes. I stink. Like, tell me what to do. <laughs> Torts, will, Torts will tell you what to do, you know? So you yeah. got to respect them. He's going to say, hey, you figure it out. This is where you This is where you stand on this team. It's where you stand with me, and you better figure it out or you better do something. So I respect them a lot. That's 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 interesting because Zinger, there's so much stuff about Babcock right now, eh? Like doing conniving stuff behind guys' back, playing mind games with guys. Uh, and, but Torts, according to you, he just you know where you stand all the time, eh? It's it's he's he's on. Yeah, I mean, I I think like when anyone comes to a new team or you get a new guy on a team and you say, oh, this guy's a terrible guy. Like we, we were cautioning in Ottawa a couple of times, guys came in and oh, this guy's a bad guy. Like be careful or or this and that, and then you meet him and it's completely different than what you thought. So it's. I think, you know, guys or coaches can be bad guys, but you have to, you have to find your own experiences with them and, and you have to make a, a read off that guy from what you know and how he treats you. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I can, you know, I know some stories from guys that I, I trust and I'm really good friends with that he did some things that I, I wouldn't agree with, you know, but for my experience, this is, this is what I saw out of him and that's how he treated me with respect and did some crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, I knew where I stood and stuff. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't discredit some of the other stuff I hear and stuff like that. But for me, my opinion, you know, I, I like them. Yeah. 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 Can you, crazy stuff. Any, any, anything you could share? <laughs> as far as <laughs> you gotta have Man, one good tort story well, you gotta, come on. Yeah, like i could sit here for like i could tell you some crazy stuff about i, I want to write a book eventually like i could tell you some crazy like i had such a short like not short career i had a long career but i should have played more games but i i literally have so many stories i just like talking with bobby we were texting before i'm like how about this how about that like i'm trying to like it's harder to you don't want it out yeah. there forever but and yeah, you're yeah. trying to be careful with what you say. And I'm the worst with like, if something comes to my head, it's coming out. But one of the, gr- <laughs> one of the greatest stories, me and Dutchie just, this is an amazing story. I, I, okay. This is, all right, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. It, it, what am I going to do? It is what it is. So we get traded to Columbus and we're in this closed door meeting. We just get there. I think like maybe two days in, we have the craziest flight. We almost die on this flight. It was, it was literally 50 mile an hour winds. It was nuts. We land, we get in this closed door meeting with Torts. And I'm kid you not for three hours. And like, I think it was like Vancouver's practice rink or something. Me and Dutchie, our heads are down and we're trying not to die laughing. Torts is annihilating everybody in there. He walks <laughs> in, he walks in, he grabs like a thing. He goes, throws it over Bob's shoulder. And he's like, yeah, I knew you wouldn't stop that. And he starts just <laughs> going after Bob and like cool. oh, I, him Bobrowski. And, yeah. So Bobrowski and Panarin, I guess there was some weird fake issues with them. And, and he, he was trying to test them to see like, you know, if they wanted to be on the team, if they wanted to make playoffs and, Oh man, I was just crying. He, so I remember, I remember he was going after Panarin because Panarin wanted to play with Dutchie and didn't want to play with Atkinson. And he was like, Oh, you told me you're better righty than Atkinson's lefty and like was going all this stuff. And, and, uh, and I remember he goes, he goes, do you want to play with Atkinson? Do you want to win? Do you want the Columbus Blue Jackets to win? And Panarin's like, uh, you know, uh, Aki is good, but I play with Duchesne. Like, complete opposite of what, <laughs> complete opposite of what you want to say. He's like, and me and Dutchie, I was crying laughing. He's like, I, I play with Duchesne. And then I, I think Torrance didn't even know what to do. And so he just snapped and went over to Bobrovsky. And, and Bobrovsky's like, I Russian, Panarin Russian, so you come after me too? Like, dude, it was, it was, it was nuts. It was a full-on melee, and I'm crying laughing. Maybe that's why Torrance scratched me, because I was dying laughing at his speech, but... Man, it was so funny. He was 
Oh, oh that I could tell that story for like 35 minutes, like at a glass of red wine and us going to dinner, <laughs> but it was amazing. Like the stuff that he was saying to Panarin was just comical. Like it was amazing. <laughs> and Panarin goes back, no, no, I play with Dutchie. Yeah, no, he's okay, but the Duchesne much better. I take Duchesne. That's what he said. <laughs> Dude, we were crying. We were crying. Um, oh, so good. Bob, I don't know what's in the text messages, so should I just let you ask some questions? Bob, Bob wants this one story because he, he loves this story. And he's always been trying to get it out. Like, he, like you know, he's like, oh, why don't you tell this story? Why don't you tell this story? So I'm going to do it for him. Because was- Wait a second. No, I was trying to figure out one of our PG-13 ones. Um, no, 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 no. Let that's go. no good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Bob used to like the sauce a little bit too much. So I, we're, we're, sitting at, we're sitting at his – I'm going to back up. I got some time, right? What do we got here? You got all the time outside. in the world. Okay, so I'm 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 like Ottawa. You know they do the come to camp early and you have a chance to make the team. Like you got to be there. Every team does it now. And I, 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 if I ever become anything in GM or coach world, I'm gonna scratch that. Like everyone has their everyone has their place. That's amazing. Everybody has their training everywhere now. It's elite. Every place, every state has somebody elite. But these teams like bring guys in and act like you can make it. So they, you know, Pierre, whoever told me to come, it was Randy Lee or something. Yeah, come down and. And you have a chance to make it. So I'm like, I got no money. I just signed for 80K. I think I'm rich. I bought a car. I got nothing. Got nothing left. So I'm like, I can't, I can't spend two months at a hotel. So I'm like looking at who's American on the team. I'm like, Bobby Ryan. I'm like, there's no way this guy's gonna text me back. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, all right, whatever. Hey Bob, this is Ryan and Single. Like, anyway, I could stay in your basement for a month. Like, this is a flyer. <laughs> like looking back, I'm like, why did they even send this text? Like thinking it again, I'm like, I'm an idiot. So I'm like, Bob, let me stay at your house. And he's like, absolutely. I'm like, what? First text is absolutely. He's like, get down here right now. And I'm like, wow, this guy's unreal. Like I get down there. His setup was unbelievable. Like better than anything I've ever stayed in. Like food's dialed in every night for cooking. Like this guy's got a terrible body, but he cooks like unbelievable food, like grass fed. I'm like, we're dialed in actually. I'm like, this is not what I thought Bobby would be. (laughs) <laughs> and we're sitting at we're sitting at dinner. We're sitting at dinner and talking to his, his ex and and we're just chatting. And I'm like, Yeah, I came down here to try to make the team. And I don't know if Bobby had a glow on already, but he's like, What? He's like dropped his fork. He's like, looked at me, he's like, make the team. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, You have zero chance of making the team. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, dude, we have 13 one way forwards. Like, he's like, just have fun. He's like, just that tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to skate hard. We're going to skate hard. We're going to work out. But then I'm grabbing a 30 rack. We're playing 36 holes. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, we're not. He's like, dude, just have fun. Long story short, one of the nights, one of the nights I'm coming up the, coming up the stairs and I see Bobby. He's a, he has like, he has a nice double staircase or whatever. Of course, he's rich, wealthy. And I see him in the kitchen and his ex Danielle is, is over here on the left and he's like, I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, go back down, go back down. I'm like halfway up the stairs. I'm like getting the water and you know, I don't, I didn't drink that much, but of course I'm hanging out with this idiot. And of course it turned out a little too much fun. And I turned the corner and, and she's staring at me and I'm like, uh Oh, and I was like, all right, good morning. I, I don't know how that escalated so quickly last night. And she goes, I know why. And I'm like, why? And she's like, 
you went out with that guy and like screamed at <laughs> you went out with that guy and pointed right at Bobby and I'm trying not to die laughing. I guess this guy came home at night and just caused ruckus. Like just ruckus. <laughs> like just just anything you could think of in the house is going down. Well well, you know, another dinner story, it was just ruckus. And so she was pissed. She yeah. was so mad. And basically she basically she shunned me to the basement for like a week and it was all oh. Bobby's fault. Yeah. But then uh, uh, the best the best part of the story is at the end is I'll never forget, you know, this might not be completely accurate, but this is the way I see it in my head. So uh, Clark MacArthur gets hurt first day or second day of camp or whatever, gets crushed. Bobby fights for him, insane. And basically Guy walks in to like, try to make a speech to the guys. And it's like me, Pumple, Nason, Prince, Robinson, McCormick, all guys higher than me at the time at the list, right? And I'm on the bottom. And he's like, one of you guys is making the team. And I look over at Bob after we just had a fun for about a month. And he's like, sorry, bro. Like, <laughs> like my bad. It was like, he's like, my bad. And then I ended up making the team. And I think it was because you know, I think it was because I was such a nutcase, like so mentally focused on everything. And I got to just relax and play and and like and not not just had fun, but like did it a different way. And I ended up making the team. But I remember Bobby like his face was like, ooh. Like, you know, one of those guys is going to make the team now. And I'm sitting here golfing at every golf course in the world for the last 30 days with Bob. <laughs> so I've taken, I've taken a beating on that over the years because I took a beating on when I gave it to the single on the cow. We, we weren't having dinner. We had just finished dinner and actually uh, we were having wine <laughs> shocker back then on the couch and the was like, you know, I could knock this guy off. And I was like, dude, just have fun. But I, I'll never forget. Like, and I have actually told everybody that's ever asked me about this conversation was like, and I told Dezingle this later in the fact, and he's like, no, you were just being honest. And I was like, I was being honest. We did have 13 one-way contracts, but if you want to go into that camp, you have to be pissed and you have to like have a chip and you didn't have a chip. So I fucking told it to you. Like it was supposed to be told. Oh um, uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, Here it's we a big go. brother and, moment, man. It was, a, it was, you know, we were just getting to know each other too at the same time. And I was like, I, this guy's going to be a little brother to me. I just knew that. Um, and he still is, but I actually remember that we, you know, we had that conversation on the couch and like, I didn't really think anything of it because I think when you're hard on someone or that you care about, or you're just being honest, you, I walked away from that conversation. And I remember Danielle was like, dude, what, like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, because I've been in that position, you have to knock somebody off and we can have as much fun as we want. We had way too much fun, but you still have to go in the camp knowing that you have to beat somebody out. And you don't know that Clark MacArthur is going to get his, you know, uh, he's yeah. not in on the first camp or day of camp. And I'm, then I'm going to apologize to you for maybe taking you to lock March too much, but some goat ranch you took us to the whole time. And we just I love that place, man. Camp. I love, I love lock March golf course. I love that it's place. Um, yeah. But anyway, no, but seriously, yeah, yeah but I took a beating on that one. And I want to clear that up because I was just giving <laughs> you, I was just doing my best. And I was like, that guy's got to be pissed. And if he has to be pissed at me to make the team, that's fine too. And then on the other side of that, the other story, uh, that's absolutely accurate. We went out just a touch too hard one night and uh, <laughs> I woke Daniel was in the living room. Ryan, Ryan walks up the staircase and I'm just looking at him going, don't don't do it. Just do anything but go in there because <laughs> I was making eggs for the group. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. He, Man, I was like, looking back, you know, I was like, yeah, do not embrace. And you embraced, <laughs> you know, what? you know, when you look back and you're like, 
you're like in the moment, like it wasn't awesome. Like it, the things weren't that great, but then you look back, you're like, wow, was that time awesome? Like yeah. looking back, it, like I was thinking like, I'm going to have to live in Bobby's basement. I want to like not step on his toes. I'm trying to make a team. I'm going to be sent to Binghamton. Like I, like I was such a like emotional anxiety type time, but then looking back, it was so much fun. And I oh, feel yeah, like wow. a lot of, a lot of times in your life are like that. And like looking back, man, that was a good time. It was way too much fun. And I got to hang out this idiot a lot, but it was a, it was a good time. And yeah, I obviously appreciated this guy and uh, yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of the media stuff now is talking about him and, you know, negative light and the guy's uh, was unbelievable for me and still is. He's been a, you know, true friend. You can't say it a lot in the NHL where a guy actually has your back no matter what. So uh, yeah, that was pretty cool what he did. So Zinger, how about, how about this in the story? Ottawa asks you to come a month early you think they wouldn't foot the bill for a hotel? Like, come on. Like, now I'm never going to get a job in Ottawa. I got Guy Boucher hates me. I <laughs> not like me in Ottawa. Like, See, this usually... is why I don't come on podcasts because my stupid mouth is just, just <laughs> blabber. Well, <laughs> are they supposed to pay the bill? Because I, I could use another 1900 Send it this way. Let's go. Oh, What's yeah. going on? You, I didn't know. You... I don't know how that, but no, back in the, back in the day, I think like, obviously you allowed to come in a little bit early, but I think when you come in that early, I don't think they, I, I could, I unless my memory's wrong, but they don't, I don't, they, they still don't. don't. Yeah. They, they don't. still don't. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I was like, man, I can't spend at the time. Like, even that's if you a have a little bit of money, yeah. Even if you have a little bit of money, you know, you got to rent back here and yeah. that, that's what sucks for a lot of guys. There's a lot of things in hockey that just don't make any sense and we just do it to do it. And I feel like, and it's been that way. And like morning skates too, I, this just pops in my head because like, it's like, if you talk to any other sporting team about morning skates, they're like, wait a minute, like you're going to work out before your workout. Like it doesn't, I don't, I don't think science-based like, yeah, we do a lot of stuff that just makes no sense. So that one of, one of those things is, you know, I'm in Arizona and there's 10 people that are amazing. My trainer here is unbelievable. And like any, any state that you're in, there's top notch guys. Like I went into a gym, I moved here and Tage Thompson is sitting there. The guy's an absolute stud and his brother. So I started training with those guys and I'm skating with Matthew. You know what I mean? There's, there's top yeah. dogs everywhere. And so like having to go there, obviously it worked out for me. So thank you Ottawa for doing that. I got, got to hang out with Bobby a little bit, but yeah, I think that's <laughs> one thing that one thing that I don't think they need to do. You know? Dude, you have no chance. <laughs> Dude, he literally said that. He was we he, he definitely had a glow on at the time. His story and my story, it's like the elephant in the room. When you got your clothes out, you're feeling the elephant. There. Everyone has a different story. His story was is always sixty percent less accurate than my story. Like <laughs> this guy was literally like, "You have no chance," because it was true. Like if you, I didn't look. At, I was a kid, right? I didn't look at cap friendly and look at every guy that was like I didn't. I had no chance. Yeah. Like even if they wanted to play, like to to this day, like even if you guys wanted to play, you can't. Like. They can't trade. They have to trade a guy or move a contract, and they didn't. They couldn't. So yeah. he was being honest, but also he was. It was. I appreciated it because nobody. There's not a lot of honesty in this business, right? He's a lot of. Who no. will see or this and that because they don't want to. They don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to step on toes. And so that honesty was huge. So, uh, I watch Bobby. I'm never sure if he's just angry if he's going to say something about you. Um, no. The, uh, you came back to auto. Oh, sorry. Actually. Before I get back to your second time in Ottawa, you so you and Bobby become line mates. Um, your thoughts on that when that happened, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think 
it's so hard to like look back at those type of feelings when you like weren't a player, you know what I mean? Like when I'm trying to put my mindset of like, I was still coming up, right. I'm trying to like feel and remember what I used to think about, but yeah, I think like those first games of like actually getting to play with Bobby and like being on the line instead of just getting tossed up there with him. It's like, wow, I, I kind of made it. You know what I mean? Like watching him you know, when I was growing up and then being on his line, it's like, all right, like now I'm the real deal. But like, you can't really think that way while you're in it. Right. You just kind of just yeah. go right. If you think that way, you get complacent or you get nervous or so like, I kind of like was just like, oh, whatever. But like looking back, I was probably like, damn, like I'm, I play, I'm like, like I'm second line with Bobby Ryan. Like I'm, I've made it, you know? And then it was easy to play with him because I could put up with his, his shit. And, and <laughs> I would literally, I literally wanted him to have the puck the whole time. So I would literally, I would fly, I'll create space for him as much as I could. And whenever it was in the corner, I just get out of the way and get in the slot. And like, it was the easiest thing in the world. Cause guy, guy wants to play one-on-one. So back, back then there's a lot of teams playing like man on man and then in the D zone and it was free. Cause then they would, they, he would get beat out of the course. Somebody would, he would beat somebody out of the corner and then that guy would go to help. And I would just be sitting in the slot teeing off. So I knew how to play with him and, and uh, yeah, it was fun too, because this guy didn't, he cared, but he didn't care. He wasn't one of those guys that was coming to the bench and acting pissy. And if I didn't make a pass to him, you know, Carl Carlson on the power play, if I missed his stick, he's rolling his eyes and, Bobby's like, can you just shut up? He's like, okay, he's just slugging Gatorade. Just leave me alone. You know, he didn't care. Just give me the puck and get out of the way. He would literally say that. He's like, I'll, ma- he's like, I'll make you rich, kid. That was his line all the time. I'll make you rich, kid. And he did. So, so we're good. Hey, there's, there's one thing I've learned with guys that make money, Zinger. It's like they care. You said it. They care, but they don't care. It's like you, you take the pressure off. You take the edge off. Yeah, I think it's, a lot uh, of guys, a lot of the top guys do that. I think it, it's like it's a care, but people don't see it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like they don't exactly. show it and they don't yep. obviously he cares. He's not scoring yep. 40 goals if he doesn't care. But uh, yeah, I was I always cared a little too much. So it's like it's nice. Yep. It's nice when you and you'll be able to be like that. So he, he obviously cared you down, but just leave me alone and let me do my thing. So it worked out well. And then we had Dutchie yeah. and we had Turi. We had Gomez. We had guys that. We had some characters coming in on the line, but I was kind of always with Bobby for a little bit there, so it was nice. Who? Yeah, we had we had Who? some chemistry. I Zinger was one of those guys that I would always be able, like, I could always figure out where he was, especially being left-handed. Like that right-handed to left-handed connection is huge. But I would like in, the same would apply. Like I would just say, Zinger, if I'm one-on-one in a corner, just move, just leave. Like if you come to support me, you're bringing another guy and it's just two more guys to get around. Like if I'm one-on-one, I'm going to put a guy on my shoulder and I'm going to make the turn and we're going to get uphill uh, towards the net. That was all I ever said. Just don't ever. Yeah. And I was like, just get in the slot, put your stick in the rafters and and I'll make you rich. <laughs> and, That's what he, um, he did say that he did. Yeah. He actually said that, but the, the problem was that we got, then we got Duchesne on the line. We got both guys in the corner spinning like a top and they, they would always chirp each other because they both wanted to play one-on-one in the corners. And I'm just yeah. sitting there in the slot like this while they both were just working the corner. So yeah, it, I think I think like to the, like this day nobody really like builds lines anymore. Obviously, there's some big name lines that do it, but they right. always they always go to like let's add a grinder to this line or let's add this guy to this line. Like they they think the the way they build lines is just not right anymore. It's completely different. You need a driver and you need a guy that can make plays and a guy that can score. Like it's that simple. And Bobby was obviously he's a superstar so you could do all of them but if you like brought him down to one thing he's a driver of the play and makes plays like if you don't if he doesn't necessarily need to score he's not he, he could go and he can have 85 apples in one season and not score that much if, if you if you had 
two guys that were just ripping pills. So like, obviously the top guys can do more than just that. But if you build the line, second, third, fourth, you know, second, third and fourth line, it's nice to have a guy that can finish a guy that can make plays. And that's why they put the grinders in there, try to create space and, and get them the puck. But yeah, it was just nice to be able to play with Bobby because a, he could do both of those things, but B, like I just could get open and, and, and try to try to put the puck in the net. I'm going to open this up to a possible compliment for Bobby, which is tough for me, but um, <laughs> how good was Bobby Ryan to play with his, and I mean specifically the hands he had. I tell everybody like, yeah, I tell everybody to this day, like if this guy's on a breakaway, it's over. Like I've seen him do just weird stuff. Like, like I think at the end, like at the end of his career, like obviously he cared, but he wasn't, he wasn't working as hard as he used to work, and he was still that. And he was still that good. If he worked as hard as I worked, like I maybe not, because now I look back, I'm like maybe, you know, sometimes guys don't aren't aren't great if they work that hard or you know dial their life in that much, like with the nutrition. And you know, I used to think like, oh, this guy is doing this too much, or this guy's doing this too much, but it actually might help them. It helps their mentals, this and that. So. But yeah, if he was, if he cared as much from day one till at the end, this guy was gross, like gross. Yeah, I've seen this guy go down on a breakaway and just move his stick because it's thirteen feet long and just tuck it around the goal. Like I'm like I'm like I, I think I missed forty five breakaways my first year, and he's like, dude, just do this. I'm like, I can't. Like, what do you mean? He would literally skate down and just like literally pull his like yeah stuff he didn't is just wild. So what I don't is- even want to. Com- I don't want to compliment him either, but. Yeah, well, you he, definitely he, didn't. Thank you. But, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely didn't. Thank you very much, bud. You would have tried for you. If you would have tried harder, Bob. Eh? Yeah. It felt harder. wrong. It felt so wrong to give you a comment. But yeah, he was a freak. He was a skill. Hey, yes. What did I tell you to do on breakaways from day one? I don't remember. Probably close my eyes and shoot. It's probably what you said. Just shoot low blocker. You're left handed. Yeah. It works every time. You're skating. 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Stop stick handling. You're not very good at it. Just shoot low blocker. <laughs> this guy acts like he knows he was, he never moved faster than three miles an hour. So he thinks he knows what I'm going through. Like I can't, I can't fly. And I'm not McDavid. Like what McDavid does is so impressive because his feet yeah. and hands are moving the same. Like Bobby Kaner, like guys at elite stick handling and making plays are slowing it down. But McDavid is going as fast as I was yeah. or faster and still doing the crazy Bobby stuff. Like it's wild. I don't don't know how he does that, but yeah, Bobby doesn't know what I was going through. I I was just skating as fast as I could (laughs) slapping that thing on net. Now, Bobby, do you remember the curve on Dezingle stick? Cause I, so I have one uh, because you gave it to my son and I took it, but that's the stick I use for hockey. It is so curvy. I don't know how you do anything with it, but all in the front half of the stick, right? Yes. Yeah, because yes. he was hard to pass to. I it took me a minute to figure him out because I would always look to, I always wanted to pass to the flat part, and the flat part was not the front of his stick, which is no the case for a lot of guys. But he had a toe curve, yeah, which allowed him to shoot the way he did, which is primarily what the league is now. I would say Zinger, Zinger, right? Like it's it's a lot of toe curve, but yours was wild yours yours it never quite got to 90 degrees nobody does but it was one of the bigger ones that i remember playing with yeah i mean it so like i used to use a square toe lindstrom and this is dead true story i got to the hl and they're like yeah we don't have that i'm like what they're like yeah we don't have that curve this is what you're gonna you're gonna have to use this i'm like this is a sackic 
is not this is this is completely what I nothing I haven't used this in 20 like this is not even the same and they yeah. didn't have my curve for three weeks I started using this and I was literally like messing with it and bending it and then I saw David Legwan's old stick and like in like a the rafters in Ottawa I was like bending down finding all these sticks in that little cubby little area and uh I like looked at this thing and I started using it and for everything I was doing to compliment like Bob and those guys it's like so I don't know if this is right. Like in hockey, like you get pigeonholed and kind of doing one thing unless you're a superstar. So I was a shooter now. I was a shooter and a skater. That's what they, so I was always a playmaker growing up and in college, I was an all American. I was a, I was a disher. And then they just pigeonholed me as a shooter and I, I would fly. That's what they wanted. They wanted me to score with Bob or one of these other guys, compliment scoring and fly. So I was like, you know what? This curve is the best for me to do that. Like when I caught this thing, I don't know if you, I don't know how much you're still playing, but when you catch the puck, it goes right in the shooting area the curve is so big that it just like lands in the pocket. And I was like, you know what, if I'm getting this thing off and I'm not stick handling that much and this and that, like I'm going to use this. Like, obviously if I wanted to score on breakaways and just, and just dangle the whole time, my curve would be flat. Like I use that dry sidle, dry sidle's curve. It's not that it's, it's unbelievable. Or Kane's curve. You can just stick handle. Bobby uses a pizza shovel. So I, the fact that he's that good <laughs> with what he uses is it is nuts. His curves like this. It's terrible. But yeah. so I just was like, you know what? I can get the puck off faster. I can shoot harder. And I'm telling you that that thing works with for shooting. It's it's nice. But the stick handling and the backhand were were not there. I, I don't want to keep you much longer. But I got a couple of questions, Zinger. One, have you before you roll the video, Gavin ha, uh, Zinger? Have you ever been in a fight that you wish you weren't? Hockey on ice? Yeah. Or off ice? I have a couple <laughs> off ice. Well, I don't know what the one's off ice, but you can, yeah. if you want to start there, go ahead. Uh, so my buddies always joke around with me that I always pick like not the toughest guy. So my record's pretty good. I, like I got, I got some pretty good wins, but the one fight that I got absolutely destroyed on was Landis Cog, and it was late in the game. It was late in the game. We were up late 4-1. in the shift. Late in the shift. Late in the game. Up four one. He picks the smallest guy out there, and I think I got three different sets of stitches on my face but look i land the last couple make sure this thing rolls all the way through because watch me i think i took 16 look at three four look at me wearing these like you don't see this nowadays i'm wearing these like nothing look at that look at this look at me look at me come back though right here yeah right here watch this one look at get the takedown that's scored points that's a one one round and if this is ufc i think we tie that i get the takedown look at that I'm a rookie, so this is you got to see the background. People just like to chirp me on that. All my buddies love the show. All my non-hockey buddies that think they're tough, they always show me this. Oh, yeah, I, I love this. I love Burrow. He's, he's freaking out. I love that guy just for that. I don't even know if he, he was just losing it. He was trying to jump <laughs> jump the board. But so look at this. I eat one right here. Oh, yeah, that felt good. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. Did Bobby tell you to show that? Like, no, can we show no. one get, Can we show like my thirty other ones I win? Like, come on, <laughs> no, because no. it's like Matt Zuccarello. Um, is the well, uh, yeah, that was that was bad. I was late in the shift, late in the game. It was four one. Lannis Cox, two hundred forty pounds. I'm a buck yeah, eighty, he's... soaking wet, and he picks the smallest guy on the team. That's when like the league was still tough, right? That's our first year. That's we had some. We had guys could still chuck. And, uh, yeah, he picked me for some weird reason. And, uh, so when you're a young guy on a team like that, you, and right behind the bench or right by the bench, you see him shaking his gloves at me in front of the bench. And so, yeah, yeah see that I squared him up. Look at that. Bloody. <laughs> that. That's what I'd always say. Like you might get me, but I'm going to get you with one. Look at that. That's, that's Chicago stuff right there. That's old school. Look at that. 
you fought more than I thought when I was researching. Yeah, he goes yeah. after sneaky, it. Yeah. Sneak, sneaky tough is the word that yeah. they use or something like that. You know, I'll give him a lot of shit, but Zinger didn't back down, and there was no, no reason for that fight. I was actually hurt at home when I shot. I had to. What do you mean? He turned around. <laughs> he's shaking his gloves at me, yeah. shaking his gloves at me in front of the bench, and I'm a rookie, and yeah. I, I I don't play that much, and he's shaking his gloves at me, and I was. I don't even know where that came from. Obviously, he was trying to spark the team. I go, why don't you spark yeah. the team when you were, were down one? And, down, you know, 4-1 with two minutes left. And I remember getting, like, three different sets of stitches. There's, like, forehead, forehead, top of head, <laughs> top of head. And, and I come in, and Dion's like, that a baby? That a baby? Slap me. And I'm thinking – I literally said out loud, oh, yeah, that was great for me. I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I did that. My dad was there. My mom was there. All my buddies were there. I, my hair was so blonde back in the day that it was red. Like that's how he, yeah. But that was um, uh, that was before, not not the best. I was I was thinking of a couple of stories, and I'm you know I'll tell the good ones. But uh, we obviously <laughs> got to play for Mark Crawford together, who is. Oh, I don't know man. if you liked him as much as I did, but I thought Mark Crawford was one of the best people I've ever played for. I absolutely love the guy. Uh, I got a story. I got a story on that guy. But I, I want, I want you to tell the quick story of when you were. I, I you might not even remember it, but you, I remember you telling me when Gee and Martin in the urinal. Was I in the urinal? I don't know. I, maybe save that one. But uh, no, no, we're gonna start with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember, okay, here. Hey, I'll go with this one, and then you tell me. Okay. So this is. I was literally. There's 20 seconds left in the shift, and we're on the power play, and I'm on the second unit. And they dump it down. So it's 18 seconds. I look up on the clock. I just go peel it, try to dangle. Obviously, it didn't work. And they dumped it back down. The period ended. And I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to set up a breakout. Like, I'm a rookie, but we're going to set up a breakout with seven seconds left. I'm in the urinal, and I'm peeing by myself, and the locker room's right there. And I look over, and Crawford's, like, this close to my face <laughs> as I'm peeing. And he's like, he goes, F you. F you. Gives me, like, gives me you see sucking mother effort it gives me one of those and he's just pointing at me like this and i have no idea what he's talking about i'm peeing this whole time he's just pointing at me he's giving me these I, i'm like i'm like, i have no idea what's going on I just he just walks away i pee the boys are dying laughing in the locker room and then he never talked to me again about it i have no idea what that was i was so like i was just like i was so confused like i was like I was like, it was like Austin Powers when he's peeing and stopping and peeing and stopping. I was literally like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. And then he never said anything. And it was just yeah, so, it was actually hilarious. And then he, we were buddies the next day and that was it. That's the best so. part about him. He, he'll, he'll absolutely berate you, but then be your best friend the next day. But I was okay. talking about the one time when Marty and Gee, we were getting like close to playoffs and you had had like a career year, obviously. And we're getting on the ice and crow's got it like his old skates on one time. And he's like, zinger, get over here. Um, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. That's my line mate. Where is this going? You know? And he walks over and he's like, Hey, they want me to be hard on you, but you make one five and you got 25. I don't know what more they want from you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and you come over like that same laugh. You come over yeah. and start telling me this yeah. story. I was like, That's a great point. Cause like, he's realistic. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you make 1.5, you got 20 tucks. Just tell them I was hard on you. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. He was, he was actually a beauty too, because you, you know, where you stood with this guy too. So that was oh, funny. Yeah. That's how you're going to talk. I thought you were going to talk about when Guy Boucher laid me down on the ice and put a puck in front of my face. He's like, what do you see? 
And I'm like, oh, what do you yeah, mean what yeah, I see? Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. Dude, oh, I gotta yeah. write a I gotta write a book. I mean, I don't even know if I could half of these should be coming out. Like uh, is that what guys just do? Do we just bury them? Like you just bury the are they just over? You don't get to tell anyone these great stories. Like I feel like well, I feel like so many guys have so many stories and they're just buried. Like I I'll tell you every time you tell me a story, I want to say another one. Like you're talking about the, you're talking about the spread crusher, Marty Raymond. I got so many. I got so <laughs> many stories. Do you remember like, when Hold on. The spread crusher? We're getting that's what, uh, used to oh, call yeah. him. That's what my yeah. boys used to call him because the buffet line. He'd be the first in the buffet. The spread crusher. <laughs> Great guy. Do you remember? Oh, man. Um, God, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. If you go to dinner with me and Bobby, it's bad. Like, it, it, oh, yeah. it's like we could just go. Like, there's, man, you were, you were talking about Luke Richardson. Me and Luke Richardson, he's. This guy is the best. Like I have, I have yeah. some stories about me and Luke. Like he's unbelievable guy. Like un- I got hit and Boro. Like I was just thinking about guys. Like so nobody knows this story about Boro. And I'll I, if this if I'm leaving you, I'll give you one more, and then you can you can cut me off. But I was in the AHL and I just got thinking I was the man, whatever. Just signed from um, you know All American in Ohio State and first practice. Um, I I actually get in the lineup over one of the players. Won't, won't mention his name, but I get in the lineup over one of the players and I'm thinking like, whatever, like I, I didn't think it was a big deal because we're heading in the playoffs, but uh, we're doing a drill where you just skate back, lift the guy's stick and go down and shoot. Next guy goes, lifts his stick. So very easy, a very easy drill. And I get annihilated from behind in this drill on purpose because this guy took this guy's spot. My gloves came off, my helmet came off. I'm plastered. Like, cause you're thinking like, here, lift my stick. And he just destroyed me from behind because I took his spot in the lineup. Boro skated from the other side of the rink, shedded his mitts, and beat the living piss out of this guy. Like, just just, just killing him. And then I heard after in the locker room, he tried to attack him in the locker room, too. Because he's like, I, I won't let anyone, I won't let anyone, you know, do something like that on this team. Like, that was so ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to let, you know. You know, I'm a leader of this team. That was one of the worst things I've seen. He's like, kick him off the team. Like, he was so mad at this guy. Luke put his full gear on. This is dead true story. He's their head coach in the AHL. He puts his full gear on and goes to play with the scratches. He's like, he's like, whatever the guy's name was. I was about to say his name. But he's like, get out here. He's like, <laughs> he goes, we're battling. He's like, let's go. We're playing three on three. This guy goes full gear on. He's like run, trying to run over this guy for picking on me, basically, or picking on somebody. They don't even know me, right? Boro and Luke don't even know me for anything but they're just doing the right thing right and mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty cool like that's how luke is like luke is class act like yeah. the guy put his full gear on he's retired he's our coach and he's battling one battling one of our fighters on the team that ran me from behind like that's wild like unbelievable <laughs> okay how it. much longer did that guy last in the roster i i can't see it with that with so i feel like my memory is so bad because i was so focused on like like myself right like my whole career, I was like trying to get to the next level, yeah. trying to play well. Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of my memory is like faded from my career. It would suck. I don't know if you guys okay. feel the same way, but yes. oh, yeah. I don't even, I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, if I was just so focused on myself or like trying to be great that I didn't enjoy the moment as much. But yeah, I don't know if he, I, I would like to say he was done like pretty soon after that. It wasn't like they're like kick him off or whatever. I don't think mm. it was that malicious, but yeah, they, they weren't too happy. So, uh, before we go, you you have played with Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla as you came back in 2021 and played with Josh Norris. Can you uh, give us your assessment on this group of Ottawa Senators? And did you enjoy uh, the trip back 
to play for Ottawa. I think it was 29 games. Yeah, not gonna lie, it was. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. I think yeah. I, I had, and it was COVID. Sit, oh, I had to sit in the Brooksby for 18 days. They were had police check on me all the time, and uh, and then it was just a weird situation. I think I scored six goals in six games, one goal every single game after not practicing for 18 days. I think I, and then I just. They were kind of like, hey, this, it is what it is. You're going to be on the fourth line, Wadi, and you're going to no part. You know what I mean? It was just a weird situation. So that's one of those things I don't know why. Like, love to call, love to call Pierre down the road one of these days when I'm done and be like, hey, what was that all about? It's just a he's weird. Not taking, weird. He's not taking your call. Yeah, <laughs> he will. He will one day. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird situation because I, I don't, I don't know why it wasn't. It didn't make any sense for both teams, right? You guys are in a rebuild. You yeah. took on three and a half million and uh, maybe there was just no reason for it, but I was trying to get to a team where I could play again. Right. Like I was kind of like, I was, I was in Carolina doing okay, nothing great. And they, they kind of were like, yeah, let's get you a trade and move you. I was talking to Roddy and like, let's move you somewhere you can play. And then I got traded here and like I was scoring and then I, you know, so it was just a very weird situation you guys were in a rebuild. You had some stud kids that need to play get experience makes a lot of sense, but then why would you, you know, why bring me in if I could have went somewhere else? So it's one of those things you never really know. And I would love to, you know, ask questions down the road, like what that was all about. You know, I was doing really well and I, I didn't deserve to play because you guys are in a rebuild and you're trying to, you know, trying to get the kids to get ready. So it just didn't make any sense, you know, it was but, a weird one. It was weird. Right. Like, I don't know what you guys thought about that, but that I, 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 to this day, it makes, I try not to think about stuff. I just let it happen. But then you ask the question, like, Man, I don't really know what the what point was that, you know? I'm not I'm not sure. So. No, I it didn't make sense to me either. I was like, well, where are you going to play him? Like he's not a fourth line player. Yeah. yeah. I got, so I, I got 14 days of great text message exchanges though. <laughs> we, were, we were talking a lot back then and he's like, "Dude, it's day 12 in the Brook Street." I'm like, "That can't be good right now." Man, I, my wife probably wanted to kill me. You want to talk about mental health? <laughs> Whatever. 17 days in the Brook Street with a dog that I wasn't even allowed to take out. And my wife is whew, oh. credit on her for staying. Credit on her for staying with me. Holy moly! And then yeah, and then my buddy passed away that same year. And then I wasn't playing. It was just a weird. It was just a weird situation. But yeah, for the guys on the team, like those guys are the real deal. So like when I got there, you you, you kind of like hear hear things or you know back in the day like these first rounders are supposed to be good or this or that. But these guys are actually the real deal. Like yeah, this was the absolute real deal. Like the guy can play and. I didn't get to see, you know see that much of Norris, but obviously the guy looks like he can absolutely score. He's built, he's built very well for like he's he's sturdy kid and and like everyone's talking about his injury. I think he's gonna be just fine. Like he's he's all those guys are the real deal. You know, like looking looking back before you see some guys first round, you're like, ooh, like you know, I don't I don't I like the you know the Maple Leafs guys that they have over there, some some guys to build off of. And I didn't know if Ottawa had that. And then I went there, I'm like, yeah, these guys are the real deal. So that's a it's a very good base to build off of and and then obviously i heard some of these d-men are are, are legit too so but stutzla and, and chucky and and norris are the real deal even batherson that guy's mm. that guy can play so yeah they got they got a heck of a core there uh can you just tell us the uh, lying down facing the puck story i don't know the exact details of this story but i remember like he was trying to get me like to score more goals and see what the puck was seeing something crazy like that like we had a lot of crazy story. Like he, he was, he, yeah, I, I, I hope Guy never sees this. Cause I love Guy, And like, 
like he just this guy dude's funny like he just did some outrageous funny stuff so i'm probably gonna bite my tongue on that one but yeah i think i was (laughs) okay i think i was sitting down on the ice or something i was landing he was like having me look at the puck to to see what the puck was seeing or so i don't know yeah i can't wait to send this to him (laughs) it's okay it's okay the only guy that gave me a chance so gee i'm sorry but why'd you scratch me that day? That was that hurt. Gee, that hurt. <laughs> that I'm trying, hurt to, get a, I'm trying to get a mental picture of that. So Zinger, was, was the team surrounding you, and you're like lying on the ice, like looking at the puck? Oh like, no, I was. I think we came out early, and I think I was okay. like I had the puck like up here in my chin area, and I was looking at the net. Uh, but I thought you meant when I was scratched. Like I was, uh, I thought you were talking about was the team around me looking at the board. That would have sucked, man. Just, <laughs> zinger, zinger, no. I don't even know if Bob remembers that. That one was. I don't know if you remember that at all. When I got scratched, mm-hmm. I was in the parking lot for that game. Who, but he, if, if you talk to one person about it, who do you think it was? I remember it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I still got to play tonight, pal. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so messed I got to go. Uh, I did not uh, text you right away. Get out of here. No, you didn't. You didn't. No. And that, but between six and seven was a long two days of text messages with the kid. Yeah. I'm soft. <laughs> I'm soft. What are you going to do? Uh, nearly, uh, seven years ago, Zinger, before we let you go, I just wanted to bring this up. Uh, you will, well, maybe you remember it. I asked you at practice one day, if you would come out and skate with the Stittsville Rams and you came out, uh, it was my son's team. I think they were nine years old and went on the ice and gave them a memory they will never forget. And so, uh, that day has always reminded me of the person that Ryan Dezingle was. That was the day that you... And you were fantastic. And then I turned around to find you afterwards, and some coach had pulled you into another locker room to give a pep talk to another team. You were so good. And even your now wife was there at the time watching in a cold rink in Stittsville. Uh, you do this for these kids. So that I just want to say. Which is thank you. which is crazy, which is crazy. Like I told you, I don't remember a lot of stuff. I do remember that. I remember every little detail of, you know, that's what I loved about Ottawa. Is like when I got traded to other teams in Carolina and, in Columbus. And obviously I wasn't as big of a player as I was in Ottawa at the time, but you could walk down the street and help people. Like you could literally go out of your way. And like, yeah. And so like when I was in Carolina and in Ottawa, I would go every two weeks um, to the Chio hospital and I made some unbelievable relationships there. And, and I, I tried to do the same thing in Carolina and, and I'd be like, Hey, do you want, do they want to, do you want to come see a hockey player? They'd be like, Oh, does he play for UNC basketball? Like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> like, so like the kids were doing like legit treatment and they, they don't have time for it unless they really cared. Right. But you go to Chio and you go to Ottawa in Ottawa anywhere yeah. and you have a lineup of helping people. So like, that's, I don't know if that's one of my gifts or whatever with kids, but I've, I've always liked to, you know, do that. So it was, it's, it's easy for me. I don't know why it's always been something that's fun. Yeah. Well, the memory was uh, lasting a lifetime. So that is just appreciated. And I just wanted you to know that. Also, I want you to know you had more 20 goal seasons than Scott Gomez. Wow. Really? Whoa. Well, he's so, a, he was a playmaker. Yeah. Not the single. I never got any tap ins. I really, I, I should never came on this. This guy just threw me on a bus like six times. Like, now Scott Go. I don't even. Gomez is going to think I'm an absolute douche. I don't even, I never said that. Allegedly said that. I, I can't wait to, I'll never forget. And I'll tell this story very quickly. Cause it's like, we've been at this way too long and Zinger, nobody's paying me enough for this anymore. But uh, <laughs> we were driving we home. Do you remember when we went to like 
it was the Barclays Center, I think, back then, where they were playing the Islanders. And we had to drive back into the city to catch the flight. Where I'll never forget, I was sitting on my phone on a stoplight after a game. We had one, it was just quiet. And my phone rings and I look down and it says, Scotty Gomez uh, from a text message. I look down and he goes, I live four blocks to the right of here. Should I just go home? We had like eight games left. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, can I just go home? And I was like, you're not, I mean, you've made a lot of money. Just go home. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Babe, before, we, before we leave, he's thrown me under the bus so many times that I had to throw him under the bus of this story. I was just, it just clicked in my head. To this day, Dion Phaneuf got so mad at this story, he doesn't know who did it, and I'm throwing him under the bus. Listen to this <laughs> oh, story. Wow. We were at New Year's, and Dion gave it to me. Dion, at the time, I hated this guy, but he was so good to me at the same time. He did a lot of stuff for me, but man, was, was he weird. hard on me. It yeah, was weird. He was hard. this guy was hard on me, but that's how, he, that's how he came up in the NHL, blah, blah, blah. He took care of me with a lot of stuff. But one thing he would always do is, like, whenever there's a party or something around, he'd always try to – that get me rattled. So I think he was like, I think he like clapped a glass or something, told me to give a speech about my girl or something. My wife, my uh, Elise was there at the time and something about, I don't know, something crazy. Like he, I proposed to my wife or something. And so I was so awkward. I said some terrible speech. Probably I was embarrassed and Bobby and, and Boro like knew it. And they, they're like, watch this. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Watch this. He's like, we got your back. So Bobby took a giant piece of chocolate cake right in his new Tom Ford jacket, shoved it right into Dion's jacket, and then Boro and somebody else took like took uh, <laughs> took butter and salt and poured it in. Dion was so pissed. To this day, he, like a week later, he's like, Zinger, if you don't tell me, I'm putting everybody's car on block. He's like, tell me right now who did that. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got no clue. Like, I got no clue. And like, I literally, it was Bobby. If Dion ever watches this, this guy. It was Bob, <laughs> full full chocolate cake, moose and all. This guy, Bob, right in a, right in a, right in a three thousand dollar jacket. And <laughs> didn't I tell you? Well, I'll, I'll never forget this because um, it was New Year's Eve, and I actually said he's never gonna he's never gonna say anything to me if it was me. He called every player on the team trying to figure out who it was, and the one person he didn't call was me because he knew it and he knew that I would. I would go back at him in every sense of the word. He let that one go because he knew. But yes, there was a full piece of chocolate. There was butter. There was salt. There was everything. And Boro was like so mad because he was untouchable, right? Like Dion thought he was he's like, I'm untouchable. And the boys went after him and they had my back. And uh, I think Brass was in there too because him and Brass always butted heads. So they did. Yeah. 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 I love it. Nobody ever ever said a word to me about it. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. It was good. How on earth did you guys get to within a goal of the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, that's why question. all this all this crap that's happening is the reason why because that's fun. Like we were just we we're just yeah. living and having fun. I think people overdo it these days. It's still a team. You still have to be a team and have fun. And like looking back, like it was the, one of the hardest years of my life because I ended up living with Brass instead of this guy, and I had like Brass and Dion like all over me all the time. And this guy like thought it was funny. Like he would always just <laughs> chuckle. And like I was just getting, I was, I was always getting annihilated from both sides. And like looking back, it was so fun because uh, we just had a group of characters, man. Like it was just, yeah. it was just, a, it was just a good time. But yeah, we should never have got that far. We were one goal away. If, if Weidman didn't flamingo on that wrister, we would have been, we would, <laughs> <laughs> we would have had a cup, man. <laughs> oh. 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 
I can't wait for part two of the Ryan Dezingle interview, but we'll have to I'm wait cut for off. another time. I'm literally cut off for a couple <laughs> of years because I just burned. I don't talk to any of those guys, but now I burned so many bridges because Bobby threw me under the bus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Hey, Zinger, Bob sent the text out before you came on. He goes, Zinger is coming on firing. Wait till you guys see. <laughs> I did. I was going to I, I was gonna come hey. out way worse. I was going to come out firing because I was like, I was actually thinking about it because just hockey's been frustrating me with like a lot of things. And I was like, Bob, I'm coming out firing. And then I was like sleeping on it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just go with like, you know, a little handgun, a little handgun, like nothing, <laughs> nothing crazy. Cause like some of the stuff and some of these GMs and people that are in high power, like, like, well, what's that going to do? You know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, you want to tell your stories, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Just, we're yeah, gonna we're that. gonna shelve them because I've had to piss for an hour. But you got booked, <laughs> you've you got booked on a Southwest flight at an NHL training camp last week. Oh, guys, Arizona <laughs> booked the boys on a Southwest flight for a preseason game. Oh my god! You want to talk about some some clown <laughs> shows here? We our bird went down; it wouldn't work on the runway. We came back in. All right, we fixed it, came back on the bird. It was 180 degrees. Everybody's sweating. Everybody's naked on the bird. Wouldn't, couldn't go. We went back out. All right, all right, we got it fixed up. We went all the way to the runway. No, we're out. Okay, it's 9 o'clock at night. All right, we're we'll have to get a plane tomorrow. All right, actually, let's just take a Southwest flight at 7 a.m. and we'll sleep in the airport. No hotel room. You ever seen anything like that in your life? No. The National Hockey League. That's when I said, yep, I think it's time to retire. That's when I that's when I had to do Southwest flight, Arizona Coyote Southwest flight. You ever seen anything like that? Middle seat. I'm in the middle seat like this. Middle seat, Southwest flight. Slept in the hotel. Slept in the airport. Oh, you ever seen anything uh, like that in your life? No, no, no. I, I don't first. I, okay, I'm gonna. I, okay, I'm gonna let you go. But I want to ask about the arena. But I'll leave it for another time. Don't no, do it, Zinger. Next I, time. I'm, I'm cut off forever. I'm never Save coming back on here. We'll I see like you next see week. You guys, I like to see you guys once every couple of years. This has been awesome, but I don't <laughs> want to burn any more bridges. I got a lot. I got a lot in the clip for next time we go to dinner. All right. Perfect. Well, Bobby will pay because he's wealthy. That's fine. Yeah. Go take. He always go, pays. Yeah. yeah. Always. I always pay. I always pay. <laughs> As you should. Right. <laughs> Enough's enough. All right, we'll All right let Zinger, you go, take care. Go take some Nutrafol, call it a day. <laughs> it's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too, man. Thank Congrats you, guys. Congrats on the new baby, by the way, as well. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Zinger. That was great, Yeah, man. no worries. Thanks, guys. All right, you, see you, Zinger. Uh, boys, we will see you on Monday. Okay, Four we got to take. We got to take. We got to take a breath here, fellas. That was a lot. We got a lot of yeah. stuff to take in here. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll hold you over for the weekend till we start with the week coming up. And Bobby doesn't want to talk anymore. So, uh, yeah, no, no, we're good. Yeah. He's a beauty, though, eh? One yeah. of my fit, dude. I, I absolutely love that guy. Love he's him. one of my, become one of my you... best friends in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why you like him. Just uh, salt yeah. to the earth. Yeah. We didn't is. even yeah. get to his nickname, Hollywood. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're> la... <laughs> <laughs> I'll let him I tell can... that story. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, we'll see you on Monday, everybody. Thanks for watching. See you guys. Coming in hot is brought to you by Botano.ca. Please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel to never miss an episode.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.